welcome back to Local News Live. Earlier today, we shared with you a story called Waiting to Death, how COVID-19 killed an East Tennessee man who didn't have the virus. It was an incredibly impactful story, so much so that it has won an original Edward Murrow Award. And standing by here is the journalist who uh, did that story. Let me pop her up here for you. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Amanda Hara of WVLT. She's one of their anchors and one of their OTT digital anchors. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. So the interesting way of how you wrote it is you kind of let the viewer kind of hang on for a little bit to try and figure out what actually killed this East Tennessee man. Uh, let's get to that in a moment. But first, can you tell me how you first heard about this story? Um, I think a family member had messaged me on Facebook and told me um, what was going on. Um, and so, you know, when you get messages like that, sometimes they're just so hard to believe that it could be true that your instinct is instinct is like, no way is, is this actually what's going on? But, um, she connected us with the son of the man who died and the daughter-in-law of the man who died. And they confirmed that, you know, the story was in fact true and they had the medical records to, um, to back up that claim. And so that's how we came to know about it um, and, and then confirmed that it was in fact accurate. And so the death certificate for Jack Harmon was not COVID. And you kind of left it a mystery at the beginning of how he actually died. He died, his family's saying he died of COVID, but he didn't die of COVID. So there's kind of a little bit of a twist there. Um, can you explain to our viewers what exactly happened here? Yeah, so essentially Jack Harmon um, was experiencing heart trouble. He went to his local hospital. Um, they realized that one of the valves, mechanical valves in his heart was malfunctioning and that he needed heart surgery in order to survive because they had to go into the heart and fix that valve. So the valve had stopped working. He needed open heart surgery to correct the issue. Um, and he sat there and waited for about a week for a bed to open at the hospital where they could do um, that cardiac surgery. And that would have been University of Tennessee Medical Center, but there were no beds because all of their beds were occupied with COVID patients. Um, this was during the Delta wave. And they called dozens of hospitals um, up and down the Eastern seaboard, trying to find somewhere that could do the surgery that wasn't facing the same problem and they couldn't. And that's plainly documented in the, uh, the medical records that the family was able to get after Jack passed away, waiting for a bed that never opened up. And I will say the way you wrote it, um, you kind of started out with a mystery and then you had that drone shot when you revealed why he actually died. And I, I literally felt my heart squeeze. Um, talk to me about your choice in your writing choice to do that. I think that we were coming to a point in the pandemic where people were, and probably still are to some degree, um, desensitized by the word COVID or pandemic. Um, it's been such a devastating 
part of the last few years for so many people around the world. And I think at this stage in the pandemic, people just didn't want to hear about it anymore. But we felt like what was happening was so um, horrific and needlessly tragic that the only way we could get people to listen to the story is if we took a different approach. And so that's why we chose not to initially um, give it all away. We wanted people to be emotionally invested in this story so that they stuck around long enough to understand why we were telling it. Yeah, it, the technique certainly, in my opinion, it works. But what about your viewers? What about their reaction to your story? I think, um, you know, that, that we kind of went into it eyes wide open. Um, and we also tried to temper our story with the facts, which is, um, you know, at the point when the story aired, the hospital situation had alleviated some. Um, and so there wasn't as significant of a strain on the ICU bed count as there had been in the weeks before when we started putting the story together. Um, so we were very transparent about that up front. It's the first thing you hear us say when we introduce the story. Um, and we're also transparent about how bad the problem has been, you know, in the past, not just for Jack Harmon, but other patients. I talked to one cardiologist and he said his practice during the Delta wave saw 50 to 100, probably closer to 100 patients die in the same way Jack did waiting for a bed to open up so that they could get heart surgery. Um, so we knew that it wasn't a fluke scenario. We had concrete evidence that this had happened more than once. Um, and that was just with one practice that we spoke to. So, um, you know, I, I don't even want to think how much more that number would rise had we um, done a deep dive into all the cardiac practices um, in our area. But I think that's a long way of saying that, you know, we understood that there would be some pushback there and we wanted to make it as balanced as possible. How often is this happening? Um, is the scenario, the hospital strain really bad right now or has it alleviated some? Um, and we wanted to to be as balanced as possible. Um, and, you know, all you can do is approach a story from a place of, you know, wanting to be factual and accurate and truthful. And that's what we did. We had no objective going into this story other than to share this family's story and share perspective um, around whether or not it's uh, a problem that's widespread um, or not really affecting others. And I think that's what we did. And so because of that, you know, we got mixed feedback. Some people who just, for whatever reason, didn't want to hear it. Um, and, and others who are really sympathetic to this family, that this family had to endure something so needless. Um, so I think it was mixed, but largely people really felt for this family and what they had to go through. And speaking of the family, you had mentioned they had reached out to you to share their story. Why did they want their story told? They wanted their story to be told because I think that they, and I don't think this, I know this because they told me, um, they were kind of just going through the pandemic like most 
you know, like most people, I mean, they got vaccinated. Were they that serious? You know, they weren't uh, political about it in any way. And I think that once this happened to them, they became hypersensitive to the conversation that's been happening nationally about vaccines and, um, you know, trying to keep each other safe. And that really opened their eyes to, hey, we weren't super invested in this conversation before, but now that we have been on um, the receiving end of tragedy, we feel like we have to share our stories so that other people understand the reality of the situation. And so that was all along kind of their standpoint. Like, we don't want to tell you to get vaccinated. It's everybody's choice whether they do that or not. But please just like take care for your neighbors and be safe because there could be a kid in, in a car accident on the interstate who needs life-saving help. And it may not be available if the hospital system is clogged with COVID patients. Um, so they just really wanted to share their story, hoping that it would provide perspective to other people. Yeah, and one of the statements that one of the family members said that really stuck with me is, we're all connected, and we need to remember that. So I thought that was very impactful. So if you're just now joining us, we are speaking with Amanda Hara. She's an anchor and the executive producer of digital content at WVLT out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And we're talking about the story, Waiting to Death, how COVID-19 killed an East Tennessee man who didn't have the virus. And... Uh, Amanda, you found out yesterday uh, that you won an award for this story. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, so um, the Edward R. Murrow Awards are um, pretty prestigious in this industry, and we won a regional award, so it's now automatically in the running for um, the National Murrows. So this this particular story that we're talking about it was honored with a Murrow Award in the hard news category and then um, also in the excellence in writing category. Um, awards are nice, and it's always an, an honor to be um, recognized in that way. But I think at the end of the day, as journalists, we have to remember that probably the most vulnerable thing somebody can do is blindly hand their story over to a stranger who they've never met, who they don't know. It takes an, an immense amount of courage um, to trust someone with a story so sensitive as this one. And the Harmon family did that. You know, they, they handed over probably the most difficult journey in their life and gave it to us and said, here, put it together. We have blind faith that it's, it's going to be accurate. Um, and, uh, that it will ring true. And I think, you know, once all was said and done and the final story had aired, I think we we earned that trust that they so blindly gave us up front. And that's worth it. You know, the, the awards are nice. The recognition is nice, but that's not why we do the job. Um, and at the end of the day, it's really not what counts. What counts is, did we do the story justice? Um, and did we tell it accurately? Um, and, and was it impactful? And I think um, the Harmons feel like, like we succeeded in those ways for them. 
Well, that was incredibly well said about the role of a journalist. And I thank you so much for joining me. And I know you're on vacation, so thank you for carving out time to talk about this yeah. story and the award. So I'm going to go ahead and cut you loose, Amanda, and let you go. And again, thank you so much for your time. What we're going to do next is actually show the story here on Local News Live. And uh, let me get that queued up for you, because since we've been talking about it, I'm sure you want to see Tennesseans hospitalized with COVID. So let me go ahead and pull this up for you, and let's watch this together. Tennesseans hospitalized with COVID continues its downward trend. Despite that, UT Medical Center warns the demand for ICU beds is still high. And an East Tennessee family hopes you hear that warning and listen to what happened to Jack Harmon. This is a story about how COVID killed him, even though he didn't have the virus. Stella, where are we going? All toddlers are on the go, but Stella. Where you wanna go? She knows where she's going. Happy. Down the street to see Pappy Jack. When she's not checking up on him, she's finger painting masterpieces for her grandfather. He didn't have to work or coach baseball or, I mean, he had nothing else to do, but love her. But when life is so good and bad things happen, it's in our nature to wonder what if. What if the doctors had found this months ago? What if a few more people around here had gotten vaccinated? Those are the sort of questions Stella's parents, Donnie and Ashley Harmon, find themselves asking over and over. What if there was just one more room? Because if things had happened differently, they wouldn't be heading here. Get it off, baby. Good job. Wipe it off. Stella's Pappy Jack is buried towards the back of this Blunt County Cemetery. Stella doesn't understand. Does it smell good? No. No. That her Pappy is gone. Jack's family is still in shock over how he got here. So he got vaccinated, but you still think COVID is what killed him? When I had to call the funeral home, they had to ask if his death was due to COVID and I said no. And then I was like, well, yeah, but not in the way you mean. Like he died waiting for a bed that wasn't available. Yes, you heard her right. She says her father-in-law died at Blunt Memorial Hospital after waiting almost a week for a bed to open at UT. He needed something so basic surgery to repair a valve in his heart. All he needed was one bed. The nurse in the CCU told me that um, they had called as far north as Chicago and as far south as Atlanta and they couldn't find an empty CCU bed that everything was full due to COVID. And so um, I broke down and cried and I asked the nurse, I said, well, what am I supposed to do? Ashley called everyone she knew, Veterans Affairs, hospital board members. The family even contacted Congressman Tim Burchett's office, desperate for help. So Congressman Tim Burchett's office, they called to see how they might be able to help. But that call wasn't answered because in that very moment, doctors were working to try to keep Jack alive. It was too late that he had passed away about 20 minutes before they returned her call. I just needed one bed, like one person 
not being sick and in the hospital could have made all the difference for us. Jack's medical records from Blunt Memorial show how dire the hospital crisis was in mid-September. The death summary says attempts were made to transfer Jack to multiple facilities, but none could accept him due to the COVID pandemic and no beds. Memorial Hospital, UT Medical Center, not even the state of Tennessee are tracking how often something like this happens. But Donnie and Ashley say once is more than enough. Why do you want people to hear this story? Everything you do trickles down and affects other people. I mean, we're all connected. I don't think that I have the right to tell somebody they need to get the shot or they, they have to have it. And I don't think anybody else should be able to say that you have to have it. It's, it's a choice. But yeah, like I explained to my wife the other day, was talking, I'm like, you know, if you don't get the shot, you get sick, stay at home. You know, it's just like, stay at home. Every day, Stella rides the golf cart going to, Pappy's house. to check on Pappy Jack's house. You ready? She's still too young to understand where he is, but eventually she'll come to know. I'm more heartbroken for her because I'll always remember him, but I feel like she was robbed of that opportunity. We're almost home. The what ifs will haunt the Harmons forever, except perhaps one. What if the person who sees this story and makes a change or gets a vaccine or what if a child doesn't lose their parent because we shared Jack's story. This what if gives them hope that Jack's death might just save a life. With photojournalist Keith Smith, Amanda Hara, WVLT News. All right, again, that was the story by Amanda Hara and Keith Smith, an incredibly impactful story, just won a regional Edward Murrow Award. And we thank Amanda Hara for joining us here on Local News Live, for giving us a behind the scenes, in-depth interview about that story.